magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's Jason Hammer writes over there, President Biden and former President Trump at the border, completely separate places. They didn't go hand in hand together. Wouldn't it be awesome if they just started doing like concerts together? <laughs> they toured together and it's like Ike and Tina. They start doing Rolling on a River and Proud Mary and all that kind of stuff. Well, the thing is, they like Biden went to Brownsville, Texas, where there's virtually no action in terms of illegal border crossers. And Trump went to Eagle Pass, which we've talked to um, um, Border Patrol guy Randy Clark from Breitbart several times, who was on the ground there in Eagle Pass, which is the the hot spot of illegal crossings. So there's that. Right. So Biden is going to take the information that he sees, take that back to Washington and say, that's yeah. eh, all overblown. These Republicans, they talk about the border crisis. I went down there and I didn't see anything. <laughs> because they're all here. They're already here. That's why you didn't see anything. Most of them already crossed. Meanwhile, Trump's over in Eagle Pass, where they're getting a lot more action. And again, I'm watching the news. His plane landed not that long ago. So shortly, we should be hearing some statements from both of these guys about their experiences down at the border. Now, the question I have, will Joe Biden address any of the recent acts of violence that have taken place because of illegal border crossers? He had the opportunity to do it yesterday, Nige. He was talking about crime. Oh, yeah. He was really, he's sounding tough on crime and bragging about the job the administration is doing and, uh, you know, uh, investing in security and cameras and more cops, blah, blah, blah. But uh, as soon as he was done, the media and the press that were in the room started asking him about Lake and Riley, the 22 year old Georgia nursing student who was brutally murdered by an illegal immigrant. He didn't have anything to say about that. No, none whatsoever. Um, one of the guys that I'm always fascinated with his opinion is Brandon Judd. He's the Border Patrol Union president. Yeah, he's good. He is a guy that calls it as he sees it. He has said some things that upset Republicans. He has said some things that upset Democrats. But he is right down there in the heart of the beast. And he's been down there for a while. Border Patrol Union president Brandon Judd says that the rank-and-file Border Patrol agents that are working every day are kind of ticked off sure. that Joe Biden chose to go to Brownsville and not areas that are considered hot spots. The Border Patrol agents, they are extremely upset. We're all upset that he is going to Brownsville rather than going to an area where he would be able to evaluate exactly what's going on and, and to come up with ideas and policies to actually secure the border. Rather, he's going to Brownsville. And that's the exact opposite of what President Trump is doing. He's coming right here to Eagle Pass. He's going to see exactly um, what has been done to secure this particular area so then he can expand upon that when he gets back in the White House. That's exactly what policymakers should 
should do. That's what people that govern should do. They should look at the areas that are trouble spots so that they can uh, use what has worked and expand upon that. Biden just isn't going to do that. Something hit me when I was listening to the Border Patrol Union president speak, and he said that Biden chose to go to Brownsville. He didn't. Biden didn't choose to go anywhere. He has to go. This is not because he wants to go. He has to go. He knows that immigration, illegal mass immigration, is one of the number one concerns of American citizens right now. Trump chose to go. Trump right. is the one that chose to go. Biden has to cover his ass because he has been so lax and part of, well, I guess I would say all of the illegal immigration we're seeing right now is a result of his administration and the policies and the executive orders on day one of his presidency that he signed. So Biden is there right now. He's taking a tour. He's walking around with specific agents. There are camera crews there. Now, we're here until 7 o'clock tonight, Nige, but when we get home tonight, And we turn on the news. I'm curious to see how the national media outlets are painting the picture here. Are they going to say, well, Joe Biden was right. This situation in Texas is nowhere near as bad as those Republicans say because they are specifically covering Joe Biden and Brownsville. Or will they go with Donald Trump, who's going to be in more of a hot spot where they've had a lot of action for a long time and say, you know what? We do have a situation here. We do no, have a problem. I don't think we're going to see that. One, because Donald Trump is not the president right now, former president. They're going to follow Joe Biden. And yes, you're exactly right. They're going to make it seem like, hey, look, Brian, that's all good down here. I wonder if anybody's going to ask Joe Biden. It's just so ironic that he's down there visiting the border now. Uh, and uh, the, res- the reason why he's down there is because of his policies. And back-to-back days where you're talking about crime and you're talking about the border, we haven't heard the name Lakin Riley come out of his mouth. Now, when George Floyd was murdered, Joe Biden said his name over and over. You had, you know, KJP and Kamala Harris and everybody within his administration say his name, say his name. Okay, fine. You even had Nancy Pelosi thanking God that George Floyd was murdered in a very cringeworthy piece of audio that we played before. Well, he thanked him for his sacrifice. Thank you, George Floyd. What, for being murdered, you old bag? But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Will he say the name of Lake and Riley today? Uh, his White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, was talking about that a little bit earlier. Karina, has the president spoken to the family of Lakin Hope Riley, the young Georgia student who was murdered allegedly at the hands of an undocumented immigrant? So, first of all, I, I do want to extend uh, our deepest condolences to the family and loved ones of Lakin Hope Riley. Uh, given this is an active uh, case, I'm going to be really careful about uh, speaking to that case more specifically. Would have to refer any anything specific to that uh, to that case to law enforcement and obviously ICE. And I, the president, I don't have anything. Uh, uh, regarding to the president speaking to the family, but it is heartbreaking. I, I can't even imagine what the family's going through. And so, um, but uh, anything else specifically, I would have to refer you to ICE and law enforcement. Just for clarity, when you say you don't have anything else in regards to them speaking, so we can assume that they haven't spoken to this point at least. I just don't have anything to read out to you. Jeez, so, so that's a no, right? Cringe Jean-Pierre right there. And the thing is, Biden right now, he's feeling pretty good about himself. He's feeling cocky because 
he had a physical yesterday, and the old geezer passed it, Nige. I believe robust was used to describe the president's oh, yeah. current physical state. He's shuffling around and mumbling like a much younger 78-year-old man, I'm sure. <laughs> no cognitive test, though, right? That's the thing that we need the most. A cognitive test. And uh, they, they will tell you, the, his administration, well, he has to take a cognitive test every day, just by virtue of being the president. As Ron Burgundy once said, and I quote, I don't believe you. <laughs> because here's a little montage that, that goes to show that Joe Biden lost that fastball a long time ago. Okay, you can stop it right there. I think we've proved our point. He said soap opera music. (laughs) And what's with the... uh, uh, That's his thing. That's kind of his thing. Man, these guys are so old. I was thinking about this yesterday when we were talking about cocaine Mitch, Mitch McConnell. He's 82. Now, Joe Biden will be 82 this November. So they were both born in 1942. So think about this. When those guys were born, okay, back in 1942, they are closer to the assassination of Abraham Lincoln in 1865 than they are present day. I mean, I know you can do a lot of fuzzy math here and you can do this with a lot of things, but, you know, it was 77 years from their birth dates to the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Well, now they're both in their 80s. So technically, their birthday is closer to the killing of Abraham Lincoln than they are present day. And one of them is the president and one of them leads the Senate for the Republicans. One of them had a stroke on live TV. Yes. So cringeworthy, man. These guys are so old. But you know what? This is a problem for us because as a country, we keep electing these people. So old, old balls. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Show. <laughs> Is Fred 
it's in low places, the signature Garth Brooks song. Oh, is, yeah. Is, is, is it really? It's you one of the so? great drunken sing-along songs of all time. Oh, yeah. It's not even close. Okay. All right. And there's a reason we're talking about this right now. It's because a little piece of Garth Brooks trivia that I just discovered was that Friends in Low Places was originally supposed to be for George Strait. But when he passed, Garth decided to take it. Here is uh, Garth telling the story. I did the demo for it, but we didn't have a record deal at the time. So they were pitching it to Straight. And when we got a record deal, they called us and said, hey, man, Straight's people have passed on this. Would you still be interested in Friends? I said, are you kidding me? Yeah. And, uh, but it was a year, year and a half later before we ever got to cut it because the new record was just out of that point. So I was originally meant for George Strait. George Strait passed, which I think is kind of funny. The King passed on it. And um, I don't know. I couldn't imagine anybody else singing that song. Right. By the way, King coming with um, uh, Chris Stapleton at the beginning of May, which I will be attending. Didn't you go to the last George Strait concert when no, he came no, here? No, 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 no. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Uh, we went, yeah, with like, didn't he do like five shows in a row and a matinee? Right, but I thought you went to a George Strait show no, as well. No, I no, thought no, you sat somewhere up in the nosebleed seats. Well, that was Garth Brooks. Okay. Yeah, that was Garth okay. Brooks. Yeah, great show. Uh, my wife knows every word to every song, t- tears streaming down her eyes at some point, you know. And Garth's an example of one of those dudes where I might not like his politics, because Garth is kind of on the woke side of country music, but he's a hit machine, man. Like, when a song's come on, you like his music, but he's another one of those guys that wants to give all your money to Ukraine. You know, he's very progressive. He's one of those types of dudes. But the one time that I met him, he was very nice. Nice guy, takes his hat off. He knows the whole routine. I don't even know that I'd recognize him if I walked past him on the street. He dresses like in those hoodies and hats. Yeah. I met him you when know. the Super Bowl was here in Indy, and this was when I was working at the casino. Uh, we had an event with Garth Brooks, and him and Trisha, they were just very nice people. I mean, great. Yeah, I saw him at, yeah, I saw him at um, uh, Market Square Arena, too, back in the uh, late 90s, where he did like three nights in a row, popped out of the... Um popped out of the uh, piano there. There's like a hole in the piano. It was kind of misdirection. You see this guy on stage playing a piano. You think it's Garth at the beginning of the show. Right. Then he pops out on top of it. It's oh, pretty wow. cool. Yeah. Back when he was more spry, I'm yeah. sure. Garth's kind of a big <laughs> dude now. Yeah. Big guy. Sixties. Uh we were once inspired by Garth Brooks and that we? song Friends in Low Places. Uh this is back when COVID was going on, but we were kind of on the backside and we were looking back on everything. Right. This was kind of the anthem for those people who got COVID but didn't really get sick. Blame it on the Chinese. We're all scared to sneeze. <laughs> Looking up symptoms online. <laughs> you can't smell your food. You can't taste your booze. But other than that, you're just fine. <laughs> and I saw the surprise in Hogsett's eyes when you said you're doing quite good. He took a shot from his flask and yelled, Put on your mask, or I'll lock you all down for good. Here we go. Because I got friends with mild cases. No fever, no cough, just body aches, and they'll be okay. Yeah. 
In 14 days. Yeah, Fauci's advice changes week to week. But if he cancels Thanksgiving, he can kiss my butt cheeks despite my friends with mild cases. There it is. Remember, it was like 14 days. If you got COVID, you have 14 days. You got to isolate. Then it was 10. And then the CDC said, well, now it's five days. We got COVID. And now, just recently, a couple months ago, the CDC was like, well, if you get COVID and just, just you know, if, if you don't have any, if you don't have a fever, you just go back to work. Don't sneeze <laughs> yeah. on anybody. Yeah. You're fine. You'll be, you'll be all right. Uh, we've got a lewd, nude dudette oh, in the news. Really? <laughs> Here's another lewd, nude dude in the nude. And, and, and I, I've seen this all over the place. It, it was a naked woman on Venice Beach, and I, it looks, she's blurred out, but it looks like uh, the kind of woman you'd actually want to see go crazy on a, some sort of drug-fueled nude rampage. Really? Yes. Because normally the women you see that take off all their clothes on a beach no, look no, like no. Joy Behar. No, the okay, this naked woman. <laughs> this uh, naked woman got into a fight with a clothed woman on Venice Beach, and here they are fighting with each other, kind of like um, someone had this like spiked club. Oh. Use it. Here's some audio of the brawl recorded by uh, somebody watching. Let's go. You are out of here. This is crazy. Yeah. Man, that's like the scene uh, in Anchorman she, where, like, you know, it the, was. You know, <laughs> Brick's got a trident. <laughs> but it was actually kind of, and I don't know why they blurred it out. Like, they put that footage of that. Idiot that burned himself alive out of the outside the Israeli embassy in D.C. Like they put that full footage and they didn't block anything out. That horrible scene out there where he's you know free Palestine and he burnt to death. But they blurred out the hot chick at Venice. Right, that sucks. By the way, you can still order your lewd nude dude in the news T-shirt at our merchandise store store.hammerandnigel.com. This has been another lewd, nude, dude in the news. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. So uh, this came down uh, late yesterday. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear the presidential immunity case from Donald Trump. It should be sometime mid to late April or May. Uh, this goes back to the January 6th insurrectionist stuff. Deranged prosecutor Jack Smith! <laughs> and Trump's like saying, no, wait a minute. I had presidential immunity and you can't charge me with a crime. And there was, the, you know, there was appeals. There was lower courts involved. And now the Supreme Court is going to hear the case of whether D Donald Trump had immunity while he was still president from this sort. And it's a BS insurrection charge anyway, right? I mean, right. It's, it's, I mean we all know... Donald Trump told the people to go home. That's one of the last tweets he ever tweeted before Twitter kicked him off was either go peacefully or go home, something to that effect. Right. right? And he has not been convicted of anything yeah. related to the insurrection, right? So 
there's a lot of things, a lot of dominoes that have been knocked over as a result of January 6th. But ultimately, the real fact of the matter is that he has not been convicted of anything about an insurrection. Yeah, I think this specific trial is supposed to start sometime next March. You know, sometime in the next 30 days. That ain't happening now. No. It's, it's and really, you're on Supreme Court time. Like, whenever they get to it. They say there's a time line, a time frame, but, you know, it kind of just depends on when they get to it. Now, as a result of this, though, some of the high-profile Democrats are melting down. You've got Adam Schiff. Little pencil neck <laughs> Adam Schiff. He was the guy behind the whole Russian collusion story. Oh, yeah. He, story. he had the documents. He had the, he had the proof. Trump's guilty of Russian collusion. I got evidence. No, 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 you don't. He jumped on CNN, and he's kind of panicking that the Democrats' BS prosecution for the insurrection won't happen before the election. The goal is to deny justice by delaying justice, uh, and they may just succeed if the oral arguments are in April and a decision doesn't come out until May or June, and Judge Chutkin at the district court says they're going to have three months after that to prepare. Then you're right in the fall up against the election. That bumps up against the Department of Justice policy of not normally taking legal action in close proximity to an election. I think the issue here is the proximity to the election is because of the defendant's own conduct, his effort to delay the proceedings. Uh, In that case, I would hope that the the trial goes forward whenever it gets sent back to Judge Shutkin. And your effort to charge him with BS crimes. I mean, the balls (laughs) of these people. I mean, just the absolute gall that it takes to be upset that your BS prosecution, which you know it is, it's a total political hit job, you're upset that it's not going to happen as fast as you want it. And now you're throwing a temper tantrum. Didn't I, I thought deranged prosecutor Jack Smith wanted the Supreme Court to hear this. If you remember a couple of months ago, he was like, no, no, the Supreme Court's got to hear this so they can override it and we can get on with this trial. Well, now you got your wish. Meanwhile, on MSNBC, they were really ramping up to crazy. Oh, no. They saw Adam Schiff on CNN and said, hold my beer. Somebody bring in Ellie Mistel. Now, if you don't know who (laughs) Ellie Mistel is, this is just a crazy, over-the-top leftist, and he kind of looks like the love child of Don King and former (laughs) Pacers coach Dick Versace. (laughs) Now, if you don't remember Dick Versace, I know that's kind of a uh, trip down memory lane. Yeah, like the gray or the white perm, right? Right. White, poofy, Q-tip hair, you know. Ellie Mistel looks like the black Dick Versace. So he was on MSNBC, and he is not only upset about what's going on, he is really fired up about the Supreme Court in regards to everything. They are corrupted political actors who act in bad faith. The reason why people like Mark and people like Dahlia seem to have a crystal ball is because they're real, because they're realists, and they understand the court for what it is. And at some point, people in the media, people at home, and people sitting in the White House have to stop pretending that the Supreme Court is some kind of benign, trying-to-do-its-best institution and start to realize that there are six Republicans, not conservatives, Republicans on the Supreme Court who view it as their job to help the Republican Party. And until we do something about that, 
until we take away that power, until we draw the line on them there, they will continue to do this. They will help Trump. They will take away abortion rights. They will end affirmative action. They will liberalize gun rights. They will do all of it until we stop them. And somebody, somebody needs to start listening in the higher echelons of the Democratic Party, because we will keep losing every day we allow these six Republicans in robes to rule over all of us. Oh, time to pack the courts. I, right? got, I got news for Ellie here. When the Colorado case was brought to the Supreme Court about Donald Trump being removed from the ballot... You had Ketanji Brown-Jackson basically undressing the case that was brought before them. So it's not just a Republican case. It's a ridiculous BS kind of thing. And plus, you can find examples of Republican or conservative judges joining the liberal judges in certain decisions. You never find the opposite. You never find liberal judges joining right. um, the conservative. Roberts is more liberal yeah. than he is conservative. Sure. So they're melting down, and this brings us to what the state of Illinois did last night. Kind of. There's a caveat to it. Uh, So the state of Illinois is the latest to say they're going to take Donald Trump off of the primary ballot. (laughs) Unbelievable. Because of, quote, inciting an insurrection. But it's kind of a half-assed threat here because their decision is paused, allowing Donald Trump to appeal the decision. And it's, that's going to be in the Supreme Courts. I think it's already in the Supreme Courts as well. It, what happened was in Illinois, like five radical Dem voters brought a lawsuit against Donald Trump saying what you just said, the insurrection, and then the state election board unanimously rejected the petition. But now this, this Democrat Cook County Circuit judge overrode the election board, which has, which has I believe, four Republicans and four Democrats on it, right? Yeah, and and so um, and now she's saying, yeah, you didn't have the authority to do that, but apparently this Cook County judge does. Earlier today, Nige, the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he was brought in front of a uh, House committee and was questioned about his wild disappearance earlier this year. Yeah, some prostate stuff, right? He was getting medical treatment, yeah. which is fine. I hope he gets the treatment. I hope he's better. I hope he's on the road to recovery. But when you're the Secretary of Defense of the world's largest military, you got to let somebody know. Especially while there are foreign wars that were uh, involved in proxy-wise. Ukraine, Russia, Israel, Hamas. Right. Where's the Secretary of Defense? Biden hasn't seen him. I certainly haven't seen him. Somebody has to know who's calling the shots here. And here's Indiana's Representative Jim Banks. Is it typical that the president would go three days without talking to his secretary of defense? Is that typical or is that a regular posture? Do you usually go days without talking to the commander? In- I mean, that can happen. It depends on if whether or not the president's uh, on on uh, on travel. If I'm on travel, uh, there are times when we we do go days without direct communication. So the, the big issue for me here is either the president is that aloof or you are irrelevant. <laughs> Which one is it, Mr. Secretary? That you it's would go three, that the president would go three days without knowing that his secretary of defense is is not on the job. It's neither. Uh, the president is not aloof, and uh, and I am uh, I participate in uh, in all of the uh, uh, 
Let, let me ask you this. Well, on January 2nd, while you were in the hospital, President Biden was vacationing in the Caribbean. Your deputy, who the president didn't even know had operational control, was on a beach in Puerto Rico. So this goes on <laughs> for a while. Wow, Jim Banks. And if you thought that was some heat, what do you hear Matt Gates going at it with Lloyd Austin? You didn't tell the president that you had cancer, that you were being treated for cancer, or that the treatment for that cancer had gone wrong because you saw it as personal and medical. And I think a lot of us have empathy for you in that regard. But now that you see how personal medical decisions are, will you call for the re-recruitment, restoration of full rank and back pay for the 8,600 service members who were vax mandated out of the military? Uh, No, I won't. (laughs) Haven't you learned yet? That the military is weaker, not stronger, with the 8,600 people that you vax mandated out of the military? Uh, just one point, uh, uh, Congressman. The reason I'm here is because the uh, chairman requested that I appear to, to uh, um, talk about the circumstances surrounding uh, my hospitalization. But don't you see the hypocrisy in it? Because you screwed up, we fix your screw up, and now you want grace. But these people who have sought res- religious exemptions, they got no such grace. And also, I just think it's ridiculous that we're in three wars, you went AWOL for three days, and we get two hours with you. If you can't spend more than two hours answering these questions, I don't know how you really operate in all these wars. That was Matt Gates wow. going at it with the That's Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Such a good point involving COVID and the people that they vax mandated out of the military service. At a point now where uh, the military overall, is the numbers are down in terms of recruitment and actually cutting uh, some of the armed services. And if Lloyd Austin wants a little bit of grace, hey, look, I screwed up. It was a personal decision. But yeah, those people that didn't get the COVID vax, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. Unbelievable. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome, Rob Zombie. And now, time to play... Hey, this is Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie... Or the Duke of Spendingburg, Todd Young. Rob Kendall? I like to talk about Brownsburg. Rob Zombie or Rob Kendall on the Henry Nigel Show. <laughs> oh, Chris, it's your lucky day because, Chris, you were actually caller number 10, but whoever was caller number 9 hung up on Allison. Allison tried to call him back. They didn't answer the phone. So that? they are out. Chris, it's your lucky day. How are you? I'm doing awesome now. All right, so you guys know the drill here, right? This is how we play the game. I'm going to give you a fact about someone. It will either be a fact about Rob Zombie or a fact about our very own Rob Kendall. You get two out of three. We're going to give you these tickets, okay? All right. Here we go. Number one is known for his iconic dreadlocked hair, Rob Zombie or Rob Kendall? Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. All right, get this one right. We're going to have ourselves a party. Rob Zombie or Rob Kendall once crashed a graduation party with me (laughs) after we got a email from a random person. Rob Kendall. I remember when you guys did that. That was fun. That was in Brownsburg, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, Chris. Congratulations, man. It's your lucky day. Go buy a lottery ticket or something tonight because you got the luck rolling. Stay on the line. Let Allison get all of your information and have fun at that concert, okay? All right. Thank you. You got it. It's Leap Day today, Nige. Right. February 29th. And if you're looking for a reason to drink, yeah. and if that's not enough. Always. It's the birthday of Pacer star Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, how old is he? 24 years of age. I wasn't going to give you the leap day joke. He's six. (laughs) But he's 24. The face of your franchise is a young dude. Yeah, so uh, almost twice my age. Ooh. I'm creeping up on 48 here in a couple months. <laughs> my goodness. I'm starting to freak out a little. Are you like me? Do you do the thing that I do where you see other grown men, but because you're so old, you just call them kid? <laughs> yeah, call the, uh, yeah, if you've called a 30-year-old a kid before, right? yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty bad. That Halliburton kid, he's pretty good. He's a grown man and he's 24. Yeah, but I'm 48, so what can you do? I'm actually, no, what am I? 46. I had to think about it. That's how old I am. I don't know my age anymore. Frank, did you forget your birthday again? (laughs) I'm Frank the Tank. I forget my birthday. I'm 46. I'm pretty sure. Top stories coming up next. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it. It's, I mean, the reaction, corporate lamestream media on the death of college student Lakin Riley, brutally murdered by an illegal immigrant on the uh, campus of her uh, college, Georgia. It's been really shocking and gross because corporate mainstream media, instead of looking at the fact that, yeah, this guy shouldn't have been in the country, it's because of Joe Biden's policies that he was in the country, that he's here illegally, he's been arrested multiple times in multiple sanctuary cities and let go. They are making it sound like Republicans and Donald Trump are, quote-unquote, you're going to hear this a lot, we're pouncing on the death of Lake and Riley. Republicans hyperbolizing the current border crisis instead of saying, no, this guy shouldn't have been here in the first place, and it's a direct result of Joe Biden's lax border policies. It's okay to be honest yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Okay, it gives a little credibility if you're just flat out honest. So let's say you're CNN or MSNBC. We know where your politics lie. It's okay. You don't have to apologize. You're not fooling anybody anymore. But it's okay to admit when things happen. This is the fact of the case. This young lady was murdered by somebody here illegally and then ultimately let out of jail in New York to where he came down to Georgia and murdered her. The system let her down. Joe Biden's border situation and the Democrat judicial system in New York let this woman down. And Georgia, too. He had been incarcerated in Georgia for something, I believe. It's okay to admit that. You know, I understand you're all in on the left, but one of the things I take pride in with this show We will call out Republicans when they need to be called out. Yes, I vote to the right about 99.5% of the time, okay? It's not a big secret, but nobody is tougher on Republicans than this radio station. Look at the way Rob calls these people out. Tony Katz has done it. I mean, when Jefferson Shreve ran his mayor's campaign here and blamed law-abiding gun owners 
for the problem and wanted to take some of your weapons away in a gun grab move, we call them out. The mainstream national media doesn't do that. And this is why I love local WIBC here. It's okay to admit that Joe Biden failed this family. Joe Biden failed this woman. This woman would probably still be alive today had it not been for the ridiculous policy at the border and the justice system. How is it seizing? How is it pouncing? How is it politicizing this when there has been a pattern lately of brutal crimes perpetrated by people that are here illegally? A murdered college student in Georgia, a two-year-old boy in Maryland murdered, raping a minor in Virginia, raping a minor at Knife Point in Louisiana, shooting three Washington, D.C. police officers, all crimes perpetrated by people that should not have been here. Right. There's nothing wrong with pointing that out and saying it. I'm sorry. There's nothing. And look, if Donald Trump becomes the president and closes down the border, every once in a while, things like this may happen, right? But I'm hoping that it would be harder for these folks to get across the border because it's wide open right now. It is wide open. And that's the problem. It's so easy for people who want to harm you to just walk right across right now and then... As if that's not enough, you've got weak prosecutors, weak justice systems, letting them back out of jail, that revolving door that we talk about. Everybody let this woman down. Everybody let this family down. How about that Athens mayor yesterday? That put me through the roof. That made my blood boil. The silver lining I took from that, and I'll play you the audio again here in just a second, was when the Athens mayor of a very left-leaning college town a sanctuary city, as he described a number of years ago, when those people started booing their own mayor, that's how I knew the conversation that we're having right now was resonating. Because I got a feeling a lot of those people at that press conference, they're probably not diehard MAGA people, right? It's a college town. It's a lefty town. It's a sanctuary city. But when that mayor walked up there and just lied to their face, that was a breaking point for even them. Well, 2019 was not that long ago. You might remember the dynamic we were living in, in the late teens in this country, where you had the president of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. In the main, I caution against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not connected. Which is totally false. (laughs) Why does he bring up Charlottesville? The biggest hoax there is surrounding Donald Trump. What does that have to do with anything? These leftists think the illegal immigrants that are perpetrating these crimes are the victims proof let's go back to may of 2018 when donald trump then president donald trump you remember this called ms-13 gang members animals yes and then nancy pelosi said no they're they're not animals uh every we're all god's children they have a spark of di- divinity among every person there's a spark of divinity upon every person on earth ms-13 gang members <laughs> some of the most horrific people 
a lie. He called them animals. How dare he? And the Athens idiot mayor. Well, well, look, you know, Donald Trump said really mean things, and you know, it metastasized. So you're gonna have things like this happen. And he got I booed just, at his own press yeah, conference. Was, like you said, it, that was reassuring. I by like his that. own voters, yeah. and that was beautiful. So today, Chip Roy, he's a representative from Texas. He was on the House floor, and he brought up a big like poster board, and it had pictures of some of the most recent yeah. folks who have been victims of crimes from illegal immigrants. And listen— when Chip Roy gets fired up, man, he brings the heat, and he was demanding that something be done about this current situation of illegal border crossers. The border's not secure, and we're going to be passing a continuing resolution that continues to fund a DHS that refuses to secure the border. These Americans are dead. These Americans are dead because illegal immigrants, illegal aliens were released into the United States by this administration. Lake and Riley, one week ago today, was alive and well, and now she's gone because somebody from Venezuela was released on mass parole in El Paso, went into the United States, went to New York, was released after assaulting somebody, moved to Athens, Georgia, and killed this young woman because of the policies of the radical progressive Democrats that my colleagues on this side of the aisle want to campaign against but refuse to use the power of the purse to stop. James Madison gave us the power of the purse, and we should darn well use it. That was Texas Rep Chip Roy on the House floor. I like the way they're talking to you, Chip. Bring the heat. So today, it's a big day at the border. Donald Trump and Joe Biden, they're both seeing what's going on. Now, Joe Biden chose to go to Brownsville. That's one of the places where things have slowed down substantially. Again, he didn't choose. He has to go to cover his butt because he knows the problem is so bad in this country. He didn't want to go. You think Joe Biden wanted to go to the border? Joe Biden didn't want to wake up and get dressed. He he has to. Donald Trump, a guy that's no longer in power, chose to go to the border. Not Joe Biden. He had to go to save his administration. So Biden in Brownsville, where over the last five days, they've had 46 apprehensions. Donald Trump is at Eagle Pass, where in the last five days, they've had 2,000 apprehensions. And those, those, those numbers are low right. in the Eagle's Pass. That doesn't count the gotaways. Eagle Pass. So we are waiting for both of these guys to officially make speeches. So while we wait, here's AI Donald Trump on what he's seeing at the border. Okay. Crooked Joe Biden is scared to come to the real hot spots because he probably has a hot spot in his diaper right now. Look, on day one, I will write an executive order that will deport all of these illegal aliens. And in a deal with Mexico, Mexico will take back all of the illegals. But the United States has agreed to stop pretending that Taco Bell is authentic Mexican food. I love Mexicans. Jennifer Lopez is my favorite. AI Donald Trump at the border. I don't believe I don't believe she's Mexican. I believe she's from New York. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Is 
depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play this anything? I am going to run some stories by you. You will be the one that breaks down all of the information and gives us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? We start with this. Snowboarding can be a dangerous hobby. Andrew Luck probably knows that. (laughs) Allegedly. Especially when this happens. A guy was snowboarding in Utah when an angry homeowner showed up with a shotgun and said he was on private property. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. This is private property. Do it again, there'll be holes. I'm not doing it again. I'm sorry. I have every right to protect my private property. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. There was no signs. I didn't see a sign. Whoa. That's a good ender. Shotgun pointed right at me. Hell ain't gonna save me from no shotgun. This is my last run on my trip. Right. About to get blown to smithereens. <laughs> I would have called the cops. Screw that. I mean, obviously, the guy what, didn't mean to snowboard on the guy's property. Who is he, Yosemite Sam? <laughs> Do it again. There be holes. Meaning he's gonna. You're gonna unload, uh, dude. You'd go to jail. That guy's a prick. The guy with the gun. I'm talking about. Sorry. I mean, it's not like he lives in a bad part of town or somebody's trying to break into his house. He accidentally got on the guy's property and was snowboarding. Didn't know where he was. Yeah, sorry. That's I. I. I think this is something. I think the guy's a jerk. Don't Devil's be, don't advocate be here. Shotguns at people just because. Hold how on. Much hold on. Danger is a snowboarder posed to you. Go ahead. What if something had happened to this homeowner before where somebody was like, oh, yeah, I was just snowboarding around here, mm-hmm. and they broke into his yeah. house, they well. beat his wife, they raped his daughter, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> well. you know, why would you not have a shotgun? You're calling this guy a prick, and he's trying to defend his house. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Old Jefferson Shreve over here pretty at much, Big Nige. Pretty much summed it up. Okay. Beyonce's new country song, and I'm using air quotes there, country song, Texas Hold'em, yeah. made it to number one on the Billboard chart. Some believe it sounds like the theme to a children's show, Franklin. Now, Franklin uh, is that show about a turtle, right? Yeah, I think, yeah it's like Canada. I it's a it's young kid show about a turtle. Make your own Mitch McConnell joke. <laughs> Here are the intros to Beyonce's Texas Hold'em and the theme song to Franklin. This ain't Texas. Hey, it's Franklin. Hmm. Nah, I don't think this is anything. I mean, it did sound similar, but the, even the writer and performer of that Franklin theme song doesn't think it's a ripoff. Yeah, I've heard things that are a lot closer than that. Uh, yeah, Bruce Cockburn is his name. The, the, the quote, the rhythmic feel is similar. Texas Hold'em is her song, I Wish Her Success. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> think the producers of uh, the Beyonce song her, was inspired by the kids' show Franklin's theme song. So, hey, we'll use that. We'll copy that. 
And even if it was, do you think the fine folks that produced Franklin have the legal fees to go after Queen B here? I'm pretty sure Beyonce's attorneys are probably a little bit better off than those that produced the show Franklin. Should we do a, a, a world-famous Hammer and Nigel mashup? Please. Well, here it is, Franklin and Beyonce. This ain't Texas. Hey, it's Franklin. <laughs> You know, when you put them together, yeah. though, I'm not going to lie. No, Now, now I might have a different opinion. <laughs> I do kind of wow. mash together pretty well. Is this anything? Several young employees at a Kentucky Dairy Queen claimed that their manager made them eat ice cream that was laced with a cleaning solution. Here is a parent oh. of one of the teenage employees talking about some of what her daughter claims happened. They were told by the manager that whether or not they liked chocolate ice cream, they were going to taste it today. Some of the kids had complained that they had a burning sensation when they swallowed the ice cream. What they done is not right. That anything? Yeah, that's something. That sucks. A manager probably deserves to be fired and or arrested and jailed. Uh, I don't think... I mean, did the kids know going in that there was a possibility that the ice cream had toxic chemicals in it? Or did the manager know the, that it had, you know, the, the stuff got mixed in? People have gotten sick of... Did, wasn't there a story a few months ago where somebody died because of the uh, the chemicals that were left in the some sort of uh, ice cream machine or shake machine? I swear we had that story. I can't think of it off the top of my head. And listen, we're getting hearsay just from what the daughter told the parents, too. So I'm not really sure if that's 100% accurate, but I do know this. That was probably the bad Dairy Queen in the town. Because if you live in a town that has multiple <laughs> Dairy Queens, there's always one bad one, and there's a good one. There's one that you're willing to drive or walk a little further to go to. Because maybe the one close to you sucks. <laughs> There's only one in Zionsville, and it's been there forever, and I have no complaints about it whatsoever. We patronize that one an awful lot. Okay. Because yeah. I think Beach Grove only has one now, too, technically outside of Beach Grove, but yeah. one. But when I was growing up, there were two. There was one that's still open up there off of Emerson and Thompson area. And then there was another one where, like, my yeah. buddies used to work at, and ooh, you don't want to hear the stories about what was going on there. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Oh, man, I was loving it earlier today on my way in to work. I heard you break down March Meltdown Madness. Presented by Window Nation for the Hammer and Nigel show. We're kicking it off this Monday, I believe. Yes. So, the last couple of years, we've had some fun bracket type things, right? We've had yeah, Biden to, madness. To coincide with March Madness, right? right. Biden, Biden madness. We play clips of Joe Biden and the stupidity that comes out of his mouth. We did a couple versions yes. of that. Uh, we had COVID hypocrisy madness one year. Was that the initial? 
No, Biden was Bi- the initial. Biden was the first one. Then COVID hypocrisy madness, where I believe uh, it, who won that? Was that Doctor Box? Doctor Box cut down the nets, <laughs> telling you you can't go to all these things. You gotta wear a mask. Went to her son's wedding. <laughs> mask less. Um, and then we've done Biden madness in season tournament oh, to coincide right. with the uh, NBA's in season right. tournament. Forgot about that. But this Monday, thanks to our friends at Window Nation, which by the way, right now, get two windows for every two that you buy. 866-90-NATION. We have Meltdown Madness, a field of the greatest celebrity, politician, athlete meltdowns recorded. Now, it's going to start on Monday. It's going to be every day at 435 on this program. The play-in game is Monday. So just like March Madness has those games in Dayton, they're kind of like the play-in games. We have a play-in game on Monday. Okay. Mel Gibson's racist rant Ooh. against his ex-girlfriend. Ooh, that's an ugly one. Against Alec Baldwin chewing out his daughter and calling her a rotten little pig. Yep. So that's going to be the play-in game on Monday. But some of the meltdowns we have in this field, I'm excited. Bob Knight... His locker room rant is the number Number one one. seed in the tournament. But we've got Bill O'Reilly. We've got Howard Dean. We've got Jim Mora, Tom Cruise, Casey Kasem. This is going to be a fun trip. And you guys get to pick the one that you want to see advance every single day on Twitter. I believe Christian Bale uh, is in there breaking down on the set of uh, Terminator. (laughs) 100%. So get ready, Bal. Meltdown Madness comes Monday, 4.35. If you don't follow us on Twitter, please make sure you do so right now, at Hammer and Nigel. And yes, I still call it Twitter. I know it's X. (laughs) It's Twitter to me. Same thing with Deer Creek, right? Follow us at Hammer and Nigel or sign up for an account and follow us so you can vote for your favorite every single day. You also call Gamebridge Fieldhouse Market Square Arena. Yes. <laughs> Even though they tore down Market Square Arena. The Colts play at the Hoosier Dome. <laughs> and I still shop at Marsh. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. That being said, Allison, <laughs> hit me with some Indiana stuff. Tenderloins, euchre, basketball, Indiana stuff. Breaking news, by the way, uh, here in this segment called Indiana Stuff. In a roundabout way, this has to do with Indiana. Uh, Caitlin Clark, who plays for the Iowa Hawkeyes, very famous female college basketball player. The best, well-known, biggest name in college sports right now, I would say has declared we didn't know if she was gonna go to that fifth covid year that she was allowed to take or enter the wnba draft which the indiana fever have the number one pick she has formally announced on x that she is entering the draft for the wnba 
This is big news for our friends that work over at Pacers and Sports Entertainment because the Fever, they've got that top pick, which means, unless they're complete morons, <laughs> they're going to draft Caitlin Clark. And, man, there's a lot of people that want to watch her play the game of basketball. She's a shooter. She's got her act together. Seems like a good citizen. That's good news. She is uh, about 18, just 18 points away. She broke the women's all-time scoring record. Right. Uh, but now she, I'm reading here, what is it? Clark is just 18 points away from breaking Pete Maravich's record of 3,667 points. And she's we got quite a ways to go before the end. Of, well, when's the end of the regular season for? So they're getting close, but then she's got Big Ten tournament yeah. and then the NCAA tournament. I will say this for Pete Maravich, and I said this before. The dude played three years of college basketball, and there was no uh, three-point line. Uh, and a lot of the shots that Pete would chuck up there would have been three-point shots. Yeah, but still. But he's still, nobody's broken that record. Right. Scoring man machine, or woman. man. Man or woman. And Caitlin Clark, she is a brand. She's that's bringing that's some brand recognition. This is a big, big thing that's going to happen to the Indiana Fever. So that's awesome. Uh, you may have heard on the news earlier, Harrison Silcox was talking about this, a bill that put the future of the blue line, the Indigo blue line in question, is now dead. And the reason why it's dead is that dead. the folks that were talking about it got what they wanted. The whole point of this thing possibly dying was it was taking up lanes of traffic that cars could not use. Right. Well, now there's been some sort of compromise where essentially two lanes of general traffic will be maintained in each direction of Washington Street whenever possible. Yeah, I thought the whole... I, I don't... The guy behind this bill, I don't think they were trying to kill this thing. They just wanted to make sure that there were more than, like, you know, one lane of traffic going each way. Right. There was more, it, it would just been more congestion and more traffic. He came on our show and talked about it. He wasn't against the lines. He just was pro-traffic being able to move around on Washington Street, which, if you take away a dedicated lane of traffic, that's going to back up and be a nightmare. So I think this is a pretty good compromise. Every once in a while, you get a good compromise or a good trade. Like the Pacers and the Sacramento Kings, they had a good trade. It benefited everybody. The Kings got Sabonis. He helps them because they needed some muscle. And the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton. He became the face <laughs> of the franchise. Everybody won on that. Both teams are better are, because of it. Are they? Is there a concerted effort? And I've heard other people on the sta station talking about this, a concerted effort to make it more difficult for people to drive downtown and encourage the use of these systems instead of cars. I think so, but they're going to have a hard time pushing yeah. it out because I think everybody knows what's going on. Let's not get ourselves. The city county council and boss hog set and all of his cronies. It's not about the traffic. It's about wanting to look progressive so they can get better jobs one day in other markets. The reason Joe Hogg sets the mayor now was that loser couldn't get hired anywhere else. So he came back and decided to be the mayor again. And now he can say, well, we are reducing emissions. Look how progressive Indianapolis is. We're like the Midwest Seattle, to which those lunatics is a good thing. So that's what it's about. And I'm happy that this little compromise comes along. If somebody needs to ride a bus, great. But don't block down an entire lane of traffic 
that most of us need because of it. That's all we're asking here. Uh, U.S. Senate hopeful John Rusts once again trying to fight to get back on the Republican primary ballot. According to a verified petition for judicial review filed in Marion County Court yesterday, Rust is requesting that an order made by the Indiana Election Division to remove him from the ballot was unsupported by, quote, substantial evidence. So what happened was the election board basically said, hey, for you to be on an Indiana primary ballot, you had to have voted in a couple previous primary ballots. Right. He did not do that. And he had not received certification to run from a county Republican chair. Those are two stipulations under Indiana's code that are required. Rust's allegedly did not meet those, so they kicked him off the ballot. Now, I know folks like Rob Kendall are saying, screw it, just let him on. The more people, the better. Power to the people. I get all that. And Rust is saying, listen, I'm a good dude. I'm ready to run. I'm petitioning. petitioning. I think you missed out on some evidence here. So we got some legal stuff going on. I'm fine with that. Jim Banks will tell you, as he said on this show, that Rust is a Democrat. That's that true. Is, that has voted that way. He now, did I, say no, that look, on I, this show. And I believe that was the first time we had, and I think Jim Banks is the fir- first time I'd ever heard him respond that vigorously to his to a, to a man that wants to compete with him for that uh, Senate seat. Right. And we normally are not candidate interview guys on this show. We have on guests, but like when we have on Jim Banks or Senator Braun or whoever, we're talking to them about their current position in power. We were talking to Mike Braun about what he's going to do voting on this, you know, funding to Ukraine bill. Right. We talk about the border with Jim Banks and things like that. Somebody sent a tweet, might have been an email, I think it was a tweet the other day, ripping us because we were crapping on John Rust. I've never done that. I, 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 I'm on the record to say I thought he should be on the ballot. And I don't think I've really talked about it at all. Like, it's kind of a Rob Kendall deal. I don't want to step on his toes. He's passionate about it. You can get coverage about that with Rob. But it's funny how people hear what they want to hear. And we get this a lot in News Talk Radio. Somebody saying, Hammer and Nigel are against John Rust. No, we haven't even talked about it. Not at all. Not at all. Honestly, most candidate interviews bore the pants off of me. Now We have to work overtime to make them sound interesting. Right. It's just not our thing for this show. For other shows, it's great. You know, Rob does a great job. Tony does a great job. But for this show, eh, unless you're going to bring a little entertainment value to the conversation here, I'd rather just do poop jokes. It's the <laughs> Hammer and Nigel show. Anything I can care less about, it's like... Prince Harry and the royal family and Meghan Markle and all those people. I I really just don't care, but I kind of was irked by... Because didn't Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex... The Duke of Spendingburg? The the Duke of Sussex. No, that's Todd Young, according to Rob Kendall, anyway. The Duke of Sussex, Prince Harry, kind of stepped away from his royal duties. I think he got talked into it a little bit from... uh, his wife, Meghan Markle. Kind of crapped on the family and called them all racist, didn't he? So he sued the um, the government uh, for their decision, the UK government, that is, 
He sued them for their decision to downgrade his security status following his, again, his his decision to step back from his royal role. So basically, when he goes to the UK, he's got to bring his own security, and the UK ain't going to pay for it. Good. You don't get to crap on your family and then expect the family to pay for your security detail. It doesn't work that way. Prince William, like, hire your own security, Jagoff. Right. King Charles. Oh, you think I'm a racist and, you know, grandma was a racist. Well, you better take some of that woke money and buy your own security (laughs) there, Ginger. I mean, let's be honest, Charles ain't that kid's dad anyway. He doesn't care. Who knows? Uh, Today is National Digital Learning Day. Now, this could mean a couple of different things. I mean, like E-Day? Well, it could, but it also could mean read a Kindle, read something online, learn something online, digital learning. But I think we've been scared straight when we hear the phrase digital learning or e-learning, because that's what happened to all of our kids when this COVID crap came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. When Let's be honest. A lot of those kids should have been back in school long time before they were given the thumbs up to go back. We can have that debate. We've had that debate. But let's just celebrate it for what it is. Today is National Digital Learning Day. And if you remember, we used to have a series about e-learning with our old news anchor, Stan Lear. Hammer and Nigel present e-learning with Stan Lear. Good teacher. He really seems to care. How come all of the female PE teachers that I had growing up looked like Rambo? <laughs> e-learning with Stan Lear. <laughs> I miss the e-learning series with Stan Lear. I miss Stan Lear. I hope he's doing well uh, uh, being a Chiefs fan out of state there in Missouri. Well, he's a Bears fan. He's a Bears oh, I thought fan. he's a Bears fan. Is but he's he living in Chiefs country, Okay, I think. right, right, right. Oh, yeah, he's a uh, Bears that's right. fan. I, that's, I'm so sorry. My bad, Stan, if you're listening right now. Stan Lear's head just spun all the way around <laughs> if he's listening somewhere. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Joe Biden will never say Lake and Riley's name, but we will say it and we will remember. We're not going to forget her. It's been... Just a horrible story that we've had to live with for the last few days. It's hard to believe. And her parents are just, they can never be the same. Donald Trump down at the border, Eagle Pass. Joe Biden is down at the border in, is it Browns? Brownsville. Brownsville. And we will get to that here in just a second. We'll have more uh, on that here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer over there. What do we do with this info? Um, Vlad Putin, old Pootie Tang there in Russia, made like a not so subtle reminder that they still have nukes and, you know, we are ready to use them in the event that there are Western boots on the ground in Ukraine. Uh, again, he said this at the, they're basically the State of the Union address for Russia. Right. And it was pretty, it was a pretty clear threat. Yeah, um, but come on. They've got an election coming up. It's his State of the Union. He's got to say something to let everybody know he is a strong Russian warrior, yeah, right? Yeah. I and mean, it's nothing new. 
It's it's really, I mean, that kind of rhetoric has been coming out of Russia for the past two years ever right. since. I mean, we're, there, we're the two-year anniversary of Russia uh, and Ukraine. And I, I just, here's what happened. That Macron dude in France, <laughs> Macron, uh, was talking smack and saying, yeah, well, there's a possibility that Western boots will be on the ground in Ukraine. And that kind of pissed Putin off. And it, it, I think... I think what happened was, you know, Macron wants to be like kind of Donald Trump and is stepping into the, the smack talk territory. He wants and to be the hot work. take guy. Yeah. And uh, talking a tough game, hinting that France and, and, put, uh, and other countries will put boots on the ground. But, uh, you know, and then Russia's response would be, uh, look, we got nukes. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's it's UK. It's uh, Washington, D.C. It's uh, you know just just a little reminder here, everybody. But like you, but but again, when you said election, <laughs> there is an election coming up in Russia. But it's it's that's in quotation marks. It's a sham election. There's nobody. Right. The, the only guy that had really any following or any constituency is is no longer available. Uh, so really, Navalny is his name. The headline of this whole story should be "A hole says rhetoric." I mean, that's what it is. I mean, did we think Russia didn't have nukes? No, we knew they had nukes. We got them too. Right. It's kind of like when Dr. Dre put out his Still Dre release. You may have guns. What, you think I sold them all? (laughs) I mean, the rest of the world's looking at Russia. We know you got nukes, but you think we sold all of ours? I I don't know. It's just that Putin is, I I believe he's a madman. I don't like him. Um, but they got like yeah they got five thousand five thousand of those bad boys ready to ready to launch. I I just don't I think first of all you're not gonna are you gonna launch in Ukraine a place where you're trying to gain some ground? He's are you not really going to. Um, I mean I definitely think China has zero interest in anything like that happening because of. You know economics. That's nuclear wars. Generally, I would think right. bad for business. And the thing is, Putin um, feels like he can get away with it right now. That's the only reason why he's doing it. He knows Biden's not going to say anything. Hell, Biden probably doesn't even know who Vladimir Putin is at this point. <laughs> so he's going to talk the talk. He's going to be over the top because he knows there's nobody that can put him in check right now, so to speak. And he could grind this war machine out for as long as possible. They got 100 million more people than Ukraine does. They could. Uh, take every conscript that they're pumping out ammunition like crazy i don't know that they're gaining any real ground i know ukraine has had to give up some ground recently but there's got to be there's got to be some sort of negotiated settlement where i don't know ukraine has to give up some territory in the east and make it look like putin at least make it look to putin's people like he has has won some sort of victory well ukraine won't do that until the money dries up. So maybe if there's a change of leadership in November, you could see some sort of deal in place, which would save a lot of lives. But right now, that war machine keeps pumping out dollars to Ukraine. Maybe it's because Ukraine has compromising information on Hunter. I don't know. That's a theory that's out there. You guys think for yourselves. Get that tinfoil hat, baby. I'm just saying, (laughs) Biden's on tape on tape talking about firing a Ukrainian prosecutor that was looking into his business. Yeah. And we're just kind of all looking the other way on that, I guess. Uh, earlier today, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin 
was speaking to a group of members from the House, including Indiana's Representative Jim Banks. Now, what we're going to play for you is Jim Banks questioning that bizarre disappearance that Lloyd Austin had earlier this year. It's not bizarre because he was getting cancer treatment. What was bizarre was nobody seemed to know anything. They didn't tell anybody. From the president to the secretary of defense to his inner circle to Biden's inner circle. There's a lot of conflict going on in the world right now, and nobody knew anything in January. Is it typical that the president would go three days without talking to his secretary of defense? Is that typical or is that a regular posture? Do you usually go days without talking to the commander? In- I mean, that can happen. It depends on if whether or not the president's uh, on on uh, on travel. If I'm on travel, uh, there are times when we we do go days without direct communication. So the the big issue for me here is either the president is that aloof, or you are irrelevant. Ooh. Which one is it, Mr. Secretary? <laughs> you would go three, that the president would go three uh, days both. without knowing that his secretary of defense is is not on the job. It's neither. Uh, the president is not aloof, and uh, and I am. Uh, I participate in uh, in all of the. Uh, uh, let, let me ask you this: well, on January second, while you were in the hospital, President Biden was vacationing in the Caribbean. Your deputy, who the president didn't even know had operational control, was on a beach in Puerto Rico. (laughs) That was Indiana Representative Jim Banks grilling the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin. I I love the word aloof. (laughs) President aloof? Well, the answer to that is yes. Conspicuously uninvolved and uninterested, I believe is the definition of aloof. Synonyms being airhead or dumbass. <laughs> we'll accept either one. Uh, Allison, can I get some mood music, please? Down at the U.S.-Mexico border, Donald Trump, former president, and current president, Joe Biden. They're each doing a little trip down there today at the same time right so donald trump is at eagle pass hot spot hot spot yeah they're seeing a lot of activity still at eagle pass joe biden went to brownsville where it's kind of dried up by you know border crosser standards he might as well just went to zionsville (laughs) brownsville so the border union president brandon judd he claims that the Every day, rank-and-file Border Patrol agents were a little ticked off that Biden chose to go to a place where there's not a lot of action. The Border Patrol agents, they are extremely upset. We're all upset that he is going to Brownsville rather than going to an area where he would be able to evaluate exactly what's going on and and to come up with ideas and policies to actually secure the border. Rather, he's going to Brownsville. And that's the exact opposite of what President Trump is doing. He's coming right here to Eagle Pass. He's going to see exactly um, what has been done to secure this particular area so then he can expand upon that when he gets back in the White House. That's exactly what policymakers should do that's what people that govern should do they should look at the areas that are trouble spots so that they can uh, use what has worked and expand upon that biden just isn't going to do that border patrol union president brandon judd now when we came into this segment we played you a little sound of former president donald trump 
He is walking around with a lot of the Border Patrol agents. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is with him. Meanwhile, the real Joe Biden, he's in Brownsville with Mayorkas. And like the security detail, the border agents that are with him have to walk real slow (laughs) just to make sure they're not passing up Joe or making sure he's out of breath. So we figured, all right, since he's not going to give us a good statement, what if we just brought in AI, Ah. Joe Biden, to give us a little update on what's happening at the border? Hey, shut the hell up. I'm trying to talk to you illegal bastards. Anyway, it's good to be here in uh, Wisconsin. You know, I have a lot in common with those coming across that border. We are both bossed around by the Chinese government. Uh-huh. And both of our farts smell like refried beans. Oh. You know, my grandpa used to have a saying, watch a man break the law, he'll um, smoke dope with a horse. But if you teach a man to break the law, he will... Um, Stick a photo of Scott Bayo up his ass. Anyway, it's good to be here in Michigan. Now, if you will excuse me, I must, you know, go poop myself. Don't forget to vote this July and please try not to kill anyone else. Brandon out. AI Joe Biden yeah! with an update at the border. Don't forget to vote in July. Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty far from okay. Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel. Oh, yeah! Were you at that game when the little girl sang the national anthem? Yes. Eight-year-old girl named Kinsley Murray. Went viral after her performance of the Star Spangled Banner at a Pacer game this past week. Let's hear some of it. performing the national anthem at the Pacer game. Are you okay with this? I've had to think about this, Nige, because I wanted to talk about this the next day because that happened Tuesday at the Pacers game. Right. And a lot of people were tweeting me and texting me, 
dude, did you see that little girl do the national anthem? It's and just... I, I didn't want to rip her because, man, she was up there in no. her moment, right? Yeah. She's eight years old. Eight. She looks beautiful. She's got an American flag dress on, like stars and stripes oh, in her hair. She was Americaed out. Right. She looked like she was going to the inauguration. <laughs> she gave it everything she had. She was passionate. But the real reality was that last part we played, that was after about two minutes prior. It's a long one. It was a long national yeah. anthem. And some of the players were kind of looking around, like trying not to laugh at her. And, you know, it was kind of cringy at moments. So it's all right. I am going to say I'm okay with her. God love her. I love her spirit. I love she loves America. But if I'm her parents, because I found her dad's YouTube channel, and yeah. this wasn't some sort of contest winner. This wasn't like a Make-A-Wish kid or anything. This was somebody that goes around the country doing this. Like recently, she's no been kidding. out to college basketball games and golf events. Like she goes all over the country. So I think her parents probably need to get a little bit more training for this young lady and tell her to scale back a little bit. Maybe, maybe a vocal coach in there would work. Right, right. She's you know, eight. You don't need to sound like Fergie doing that national anthem that she butchered at the All-Star game a couple years ago. Oh, the eight-year-old was much better than Fergie, please. Now, here's the thing that nobody's talking about. We were the lucky ones to watch that live in person, Nige, because they played the Raptors that night, the Toronto Raptors. So when the Toronto Raptors come to your town, that means you also get O Canada. I didn't know this. Kinsley, bring it home. Jeff on Twitter. All right. USA, USA. Yeah. Way to go, Kinsley. Uh, curious as to your thoughts. You can tweet at us at Hammer and Nigel. And keep in mind, she's an eight year old girl. She's very passionate about what she does. It sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's passionate, all right. I've got no problems with her at all. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. And now... And Nigel go off the rails with rock, you know. Noise pollution. 
My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also joining us live in studio, Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show. Here to go off the rails, Rob. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, the great, great Garage Doors of Indianapolis. It seems like there's a lot of people, a lot of Republicans celebrating the fact that Mitch McConnell, uh, GOP leader, uh, longtime establishment swamp creature for more than 40 years in the Senate, is stepping down in November. Why are people happy about this? Why is it important that he's stepping down? How do you feel about it? Well, here's the mistake people are making. You know, at the end of every Batman movie, whether it was, <laughs> uh, you know, when he beat the Joker, then Bane, I think the Riddler was in the new one. People always celebrate because every Batman movie, there has never been a villain that Batman has faced like the villain in front of him. And now Gotham will be safe forever once we got rid of the pesky Joker or Bane or Riddler or whatever. And every couple of years, then there's a new Batman movie and a new villain greater than the one we previously imagined. And that's what's going on with Mitch McConnell. Look at who the people are who are in line to take this this power from him. John Thune is the overwhelming leader in the clubhouse. He was handpicked as McConnell's number two. But has the clubhouse changed, though? That's the question. No, they just picked McConnell. It wasn't that long ago. There's been yeah, no major, him, major yeah. change in the Senate. So it's going to be the same group of people. And John Thune is a Bush Republican. He, you know, he's the, uh, basically about the same age McConnell was when he became leader back when the earth was young. And so you're going to get more of the same stuff. That's who the Republicans are. The people are under some delusion that you're going to get like a Holly or a Cruz or a Lee or a Rand Paul. That is never going to happen. But if those dudes lobby for it, and again, I don't even know if they want it or not, but if they lobby for it and they see what happened with the House, where a small faction of the House said, you know what? We're tired of the McFailures. We're tired of the swamp creatures. We're going to get literally anybody else in there, but we want it to be somebody aligned with where the party is going. Don't you think that would have a little bit of pull? No, there's a couple things. One, the House had the majority, so they had to govern, and McCarthy made these deals because he he wanted the power. This is The Republicans are not in power. They're not in control of the Senate, and it's going to take just a simple majority vote, and way more of those senators are going to be the Todd Youngs of the world who are aligned with Mitch McConnell, who like what he's doing, rather than the liberty. I mean, there's less than 10 liberty and freedom minded senators on the on the Republican side. How I mean, sad is Todd Young right now? Because he put <laughs> all of his eggs in the basket of being the BFF of cocaine Mitch. Well, it's like being an heir, right? It's like Todd Todd Young. If we're doing the royal family, he's uh, somewhere below Prince Harry on the you know line to get to the <laughs> throne. You know, I mean, he's the kind of the he'll he'll elevate a little bit out of this because obviously somebody going to go down and the Todd Youngs of the world are the people that they prop up and think are great. But again, if it's John Thune, it's going to be business as usual. They all the, all these Republicans that are in the power structure agree on sending this unaccountable money to Ukraine. Are they stupid enough to pick a younger Mitch McConnell? But they don't view it as being stupid. They view it as, you know, this is who we are. This is the way they view the world. I mean, the Republican Party is a collective, save again for the Rand Pauls and the Mike Lees and the Cruz. In 2022, when the Republicans were coming into the House, the Republicans in the Senate struck the this funding deal with Schumer that totally cut the legs out from the House Republicans to get any sort of spending reform. And they were quite honest. We're doing this because Ukraine is the most in, important thing. People are just going to be sorely disappointed if they think anything is going to change out of McConnell. Last thing on this here, and you, again, are a political animal. You study this stuff more than anybody I've ever met in my life. When you're looking at the Senate Republicans, are there more swamp creature McConnell-like senators, or are you seeing an uptick in more America first 
type senators. No, there's definitely more McConnell people because there's a couple things at play. One, it is all of these people run on statewide elections. Your con- congressional race, it's you know obviously a, a pocket of people. In Indiana, it's roughly probably what eight hundred thousand people per district, give or take. It's a very small pocket. You're talking about statewide elections, which take a lot more money, in which the establishment can put you know their thumb on the scale. Um, and look at look at here in Indiana. Look at who we're going to have. We have Todd Young, and then you're going to have Jim Banks, who has been endorsed by Holcomb Hupfer Incorporated, the state party. You think Hupfer and Holcomb and Ann Hathaway were going to put any sort of seal of approval on somebody who wasn't reliably in the mold of Todd Young? No, they know what they're going to get with Banks. And now that they've kicked Rust off the ballot, there's going to be no accountability whatsoever. That is who the, the, the senators by design. It's designed to be an elite body. And the Republicans uh, are just kind of the prototypes of that. There are some swamp creatures that are gone now. Kinzinger, uh, uh, Romney, Liz Cheney, the the never Trump Republicans, and uh, the McFailures, as as as, as Jason <laughs> Hammer put it, right over there. I mean, there's positive movement. Yeah, but I and I hate to be a Debbie Downer about this, but it's like if your house is infested with cockroaches and you you know stay yeah. about a couple of them, there's still cockroaches flooding into your house. I mean, there the problem is too big and mass for people to to counteract. Look at these congressional races here. Like, let's take the 6th District, for example. The two front runners are probably Mike Speedy and Jefferson Shreve. In the case of Mike Speedy, as a state rep, he has grown the state budget by 37.5% the past uh, seven years. They've added $12 billion to the state budget. All these massive tax increases, uh, all the out-of-control government spending and growth of government and the lockdowns that these people supported when Holcomb shut the state down. That's your first option. Your second option is Jefferson Shreve, who supported and proposed blatantly unconstitutional Constitutional gun laws when he was running for mayor of Indianapolis. Now, hold on, hold on. I heard his radio commercial, Rob, and Jefferson Shreve said he's all about liberty. <laughs> you think either one of those, either one of those two people is gonna is gonna like be in there and be a fighter for you? Know these are the people who are running. Money is so prevalent now in politics, and it's so important that these are the sort of people you get. Who's the favorite in that race, Speedy or uh, Gun Grabber McGee? Yeah, it's got to be Speedy because Speedy's ads are good enough that he's going to hoodwink a bunch of people on his actual voting record in the House, which is highly... Do you have to hoodwink people when your opponent is openly against law-abiding citizens carrying a weapon? Well, look, there's a bunch of different people running. There's way more than two people running, but the, the, the idea that the rest of these people could get money and organized and go after Speedy based on his horrific voting record, he's going to win. Same thing you know, going on in, this, in the 5th Congressional District. Victoria Sparts acted like a complete babbling, incoherent psychopath when I'm quitting, I'm staying, I'm this, I'm that. And now she's back in it. She's probably the front runner. The other guy who's the front runner, Goodrich, is talking to having his mom talk about how he lived in a tent in college. You know, what do you think you're going to get out of that? This is the point. These are the people who run the money. It's the rich people. It's the powerful. It's the connected. You don't get reform with these people. And simply, you know, it's like, hey, Batman beat the Joker. Great. Next episode, it's Bane. I mean, are you glad the Joker's gone? Yeah, but the next guy's going to be just as bad. (laughs) (laughs) Going off the rails with Rob Kendall here. So in the late hours of last night, we heard that the state of Illinois, our neighbors to the West, are going to be kicking Donald Trump off of the primary ballot. And then they kind of, you know, wobbled on it a little bit. Like if you're the Supreme Court at this point, let's say you're Kavanaugh and you're Gorsuch. You just want to go home, crack open a cold one and maybe watch a ball game. And you've got all of these states doing ridiculous crap that you know you're going to have to deal with. It's just more work on your plate when 
everybody can see it's not constitutional. Yeah, it's probably a mixed bag with those guys because on the one hand, they're so poorly, the the rulings are so poorly written and logic. And there's a lot of times they'll get things in front of them. Because Trump hasn't been charged with anything. They're kicking him off the ballot for. It's It's a horrific illegal argument and it doesn't hold any sort of muster whatsoever. And you get almost uniformed agreement from respected legal scholars that they're Trump's going to win these arguments. But so there's that side of it. It's a colossal waste of time. However, it is a legal precedent. And so this gives the Supreme Court a chance to set legal precedent. And as these, you know, obviously brilliant legal people, even your Katanji Brown Jackson type people are very distinguished legal scholars, whether you agree with them or not, they probably part of them does look forward to setting legal precedent on something. So I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. And, and is it a win for Trump that the Supreme Court has decided to hear his oh, yeah. immunity case? He's th- Trump has done this his whole. Isn't this the crazy thing about it Trump? Is. His whole life, he does his best work when his back is up against the wall, and it looks like he may thread this needle, which means they these cases won't get decided until he's after the presidential election, which there's uniformed agreement that a president cannot be charged with the crime while he's the president of the United States. And and so he would like get out of this scot-free if he can just stretch this thing out. It's like, you know, guy hit, the guy keeps fouling at the end of the game. The final three minutes of the game last an hour and a half because they just keep the game going and he's dude that guy's the best at he's a master magician you are a man that appreciates the naked gun movies yes leslie nielsen as lieutenant frank drebin everyone in this room has uh, talked about it at some point on their program grew up with it yes so now we're hearing there's going to be a reboot of the naked gun with liam neeson playing the role of frank drebin and it's being produced by seth mcfarland of family guy ted fame those two have worked together a lot like they're buddies liam neeson appears in a lot of seth mcfarland stuff so a game that we play on this show are you okay with this? So here's where I'm at on this, because we had a little text thread about this yesterday. Initially, I thought this is a horrible idea. But don't forget, uh, Frank Drebin, was a, or, or Lizzie Nielsen, was a dramatic actor yes. before the Naked Gun stuff. And that's part of what made him so good as the Frank Drebin character. Same thing with Robert Stack in Airplane, was a largely dramatic actor, you know, the Untouchables, etc. And he was great in Airplane because he's so, it's so, the ridiculousness is the point of the movie. Right. You wouldn't expect, you know, Liam Neeson to be wacky. Right. So you have, it worked multiple times with highly acclaimed dramatic actors in these sort of roles. So I'm going to give this a shot because I think Liam Neeson is such a good actor. And the idea of him, given all those highly serious movies and lines he's you know delivered and been in, this might actually be OK. Are we here's a secondary question, a follow up to that. I saw that and took it as a hoax. I did, I did too, I, I, are we, I, I, but we're certain it's real, right? Are we, are Seth we, and I, Liam are tight. Like I Listen, Seth MacFarlane is a leftist lunatic, but I think he's funny. Like I like Family Guy. I love the Ted movie, the Ted series. It's on I Peacock. I still have to watch that. It's so inappropriate. It's so over the top. That's the kind of humor Seth MacFarlane has. And to have, like Rob said, this very serious, tough, straight guy uh, in Liam Neeson delivering the lines, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I, that's a, I'm going to give it a shot because he's such a good actor. There's no way he would make himself look stupid. I mean, the premise of the movie, obviously, is to look stupid, but there's no way he would fail at something. 
And so he must feel he can pull this up. He clearly doesn't need the money. No, but he kind of likes doing that stuff. In the Ted movie, and I can't remember if it's one or two, you know, the teddy bear comes to life. The stare down with the cashier about whether or not <laughs> tricks were actually for kids. And Liam Neeson is having a debate with Ted about whether or not the tricks are for kids. I'm going to I'm gonna pose this question to both of you, and I, I want you to be honest with you. Just the first thing that pops in your mind. Airplane greater than or less than Naked Gun. Oh, my god! Because they're made by the same uh, uh, people, producer, the Abrams brothers. Um, I'm going to say less than. I'm a Naked Gun fan yeah. because of the ancillary players. Um, like, to this very day. Well, Leslie Nielsen's in a, a Airplane, by the way. Right. But I'm talking about the side players. Like, to this very day, when I see a bad national anthem, I will yell out, Hey, <laughs> it's Enrico Palazzo! <laughs> Uh, uh, Rob, the, the scene though, and I, I tend to agree with Hammer, and I think OJ was probably better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But the scene where they're telling the the lady she's got to snap out of it, and they've got all those people just lined up, just <laughs> smacking her around. <laughs> the guy yeah. with the, the they got the nuns at one point. I mean, that's pretty strong. But yes, I tend to agree with Hammer as a collective. The the scene where they're coming out of the movie theater and they're laughing hysterically, <laughs> and then it pans up and it's platoon. platoon. <laughs> <laughs> what? is coming up on the Kendall and Casey show. Well, there's a new morning consult poll out, and this is going to shock you guys. It says voters think Biden is too old. No way. Well, you're so, kidding. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get into that. And thanks, as always, to the best darn garage door company in all the world. Garage Doors of Indianapolis, you guys are the best. He's off the rails. That is Rob Kendall. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show.